to the How Did They Do It Real Estate Podcast. Have you ever wondered how people succeed in real estate and what steps they took to get there? If so, this podcast is for you. Your hosts, Sayla and Eileen Prack, interview top experts in the real estate community to share with you their real estate journey and how they achieved massive success. Our goal is to provide you with valuable real estate resources and to help you apply it to your own real estate goals. Welcome everyone to today's episode of the How Did They Do It Real Estate Podcast. I'm your host, Eileen Prack. And today our guest is Stephanie Walter. She is the CEO of Arbeg Wealth and a legacy cash flow specialist, capital raiser, syndicator, and real estate investor. She has been a financial educator for 15 years and a real estate syndicator. Stephanie's passion is teaching people to unlearn what most of us has been wired to think about money and re-educating people on attaining wealth that can be passed on to the next generation. Stephanie lives with her husband and young son in Colorado. So welcome to the show, Stephanie. How are you doing today? Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. And I appreciate you coming on the show and you know sharing your journey. And um, I'm really looking forward to hearing about how you got started in real estate, where you are today, and you know lessons that you've learned along the way that you can share with us. Super. Um, so Stephanie, I'd love to, if you can start by sharing a little bit more about your background to the listeners and how you got started in real estate. Yeah. Uh, well, in 2000, uh, 2006, uh, up until that point, I was a W-2 employee and kind of realized that that just was not uh, going to work for me anymore after meeting with my supervisor and they told me I was going to be getting a 2% raise and that I should be super, super grateful for that. So that really kind of kick-started my entrepreneurship. And I uh, started um, in, an insurance business in 2006. And I've all along, I, I invested in single-family real estate. But in 2016, I became a lot more interested in multifamily commercial real estate and got involved with RE Mentor at that time and closed on my first syndication in, in 2016. And from that, just uh, realized, you know, a, lo- a lot of interesting things along the way, but um, that my skills were really built for raising money, capital raising. i really love interacting with my investors. And that's just sort of my strength. And by dealing with the wealthy, I was able to realize that they view money much differently than the regular average everyday person. So a few years of working with the wealthy people, I realized that I was going to shift around some of my own assets. And as of July 30th of this year, I am selling my insurance agency and essentially retired, but I will continue to raise money because I have a great team and I love this type of investing. Oh, thank you so much for sharing all of that. And I, yeah, thank you so much for sharing all of that. And I love your background and, you know, where you've kind of gotten. And I would love to hear a little bit more about, you know, when you first got started with RE Mentor and how you kind of got into that first deal and why did you decide multifamily was a good place for you? I think I thought multifamily investing was for me because I got tired of having the single family rentals. And I went to, they had like a boot camp and it just, it seemed like it just really clicked for me. And so everything about the scale of it, I guess, really appealed to me, which is like you, everyone that's had a single family rental is happy 
until that single family rental is vacant or if you have a problem with that tenant. So I really like the idea of having multiple units. So if one is vacant, you can just fill it up and it doesn't really affect your bottom line. The other thing I really loved about it, which I didn't know um, would be the case, was that this is just really, you know, a team sport. And I've never done that. I've always been kind of a lone wolf. And in fact, I did my first deal myself. I found it in Colorado. It, it's a unique uh, commercial property. It's a it's a, fri- a fraternity house in Fort Collins. And um, it, it took a lot for me. Well, I found it. I did all the due diligence. I found the financing was very challenging. And I raised the money. I did it all myself. And... When I completed that, I decided that I never wanted to do that again. (laughs) And I um, kept looking for more real estate and ended up partnering with my current partner. And he loves to find the deal and do all that stuff. And I love to raise the money. So it turns out that works out pretty well for us. Yeah, what they say, like what you've mentioned earlier, you know, real estate is a team sport, especially in the multifamily space. You know, you need a large team to kind of support you and do all the, there's a lot that goes into this space. And so you're unable to do everything. And having people that have complementary your skill sets, you know, and focusing on like what your strengths are and what you like to do and finding somebody who is able to complement you and um, do other things that maybe they're more strong at um, is, is definitely more fun to do it together than just on your own. Yes. Yes. That's exactly right. <laughs> so one of the things that you mentioned also was you learned some things now that the wealthy have, that they know about money that you didn't know before. What were those things? And can you share some of those with us? Yeah. Well, the big thing that affected me, I mean, it changed my life essentially is that they view money as what is this money doing for me at any particular time? They know what they don't have money that sits in 401ks. They don't have money that sits in the bank and they don't have money that sits in equity and real estate. Largely they want their money always to be moving. Always. They always to be generating them some kind of passive income And I think what I learned most from them is to look like if you do have rental properties and you're sitting on a lot of equity to really know what kind of return is that money making for you at the end of the day? It's zero, you know, largely. And so by me transitioning, and that's, that was big aha moment for me to trans to sell my properties and move them into syndications where the, they were paying returns of 20% plus, and then that allowed me to retire. So I think the big thing is that the wealthy understand that they want their money working for them at any time. And the biggest surprise is that they don't invest in 401ks. They they want to be in charge of their money. They They want to invest in like teams of people, in businesses, in real estate, want to invest directly into the investment. They don't want to be buying a mutual fund, which consists of, you know, hundreds or thousands of companies that they don't know anything about, or they don't know the fee structure, or they don't know, you know, why this is going up or down. So I think that was the most eye-opening thing for me. 
And so, you know, for the traditional investment space, like the 401ks, the stocks, the bonds, you know, there's some things that we kind of hear over time and, you know, it's like constant repeating and things that we know in general. Can you share some of those things that like that we hear, but might not be necessarily true? Well, I think the biggest lie that people buy into is uh, put your money into the hands of whoever manages your 401k and sit on it for 30 years. And then when you go to get it, it will provide you the type of retirement that you want. And that just simply isn't the case. I've seen that even being an insurance agent. I've seen many people that have saved and once now they're ready to, to retire. I think what the wealthy consider that us average people don't consider are tax implications. And the biggest implication on your 401k is what what will the tax rates be when you go to to take that money out? Unless you had to read the future, nobody knows what that tax rate is going to be. And, and therefore, you don't know how much money you have. And so that, to me, is a big, a big red flag in investing that way. The second thing about 401ks is just the fee structure. Um, the fees are really, you know, a lot of times you don't know how much you're being charged. But, you know, it can be upwards of 2 or 3%. And we all know from working in syndication deals that our expenses are much, 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 much lower than that. So, you know, those would be the things that come to mind. Yeah. And so a lot of times also with the the 401ks, those are like the traditional types of investments that people typically are known to do. If they're looking for like an alternative types of investment like real estate, and they might not be as comfortable as going into a new space, a new venture like that, how do they kind of overcome that fear of getting into something that is not a traditional path? I think just honestly doing research and I would say falling back and doing what wealthy people do. Wealthy people really do their due diligence on people. So we know that real estate is, you know, just bricks and mortar. But what's most important is the people that are behind this that are running the deal. So if you found a, a team that's doing a really, you want to see that they they have a proven track record. That's the most important thing I would say, doing your research on the team that what they've been able to do in the past is, is hugely important. Uh, people, I understand that some people just might think it's a weird way to invest, but honestly, syndications have been around for hundreds of years and the, you have to look at who has invested largely in syndications up to this point in our history, and that has been insurance companies, the banks, and the wealthy. And so if someone thinks that they're scared to get involved in it, we're regulated by the SEC. Um, this is, this is a, definitely something if you're interested in becoming wealthy and having passive income, I would say do your research, you know, and find out more information. But I love working with new investors because it's like the best thing in the world for them. They're very cautious getting in. And then once they're in and they get those first distribution checks or they get their K-1 at the end of the year, they're ecstatic and they're wait. They're like, this just seems too good to be true. How did I not know about this? So 
That's sort of what I look at my job is going forward is trying to get that word out. We love hosting this show. When we started this podcast, we were doing all the editing and post-production ourselves. Now, we are very excited to have this particular company as a partner of the show to do all the post-production for us because it gives us the freedom to focus on the two things we care about, serving you, our listener, at a higher level and growing our own multifamily business. If you are like Sayla and me, then you want to add value to others while scaling your business. A podcast is the best way to do both, and we invite you to contact Adam Adams. He can help you launch your podcast, market your show for more listeners, and take all the post-production off your plate so you can focus on your business instead of in it. Listeners of this show can get a free consultation with Adam. To schedule your free consultation, find the link in the show notes. Congratulations also. You know, you talked about this year, you're in um, in July of 2021, you're planning to sell your insurance company. And then are you planning to go into real estate full time after this? I think we talked a little bit before I have a seven year old. So I am going to do this, um, raise money for my investors, probably one or two projects a year that I find to be really great. And then I'm going to spend a lot of time with my seven-year-old and just really work more part-time. But I do love this business. But no, it's definitely going to give me an opportunity to, you know, travel and um, spend more time with my little guy while he's little. (laughs) And he still likes me. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I know. They they grow up so fast. Yeah. (laughs) Can you share a little bit about your mindset as you were coming to that decision to sell off your insurance and retire? Yeah. Well, it became really easy once I started implementing what I had seen from the wealthy people. Um, Once I had actually replaced my business income, which is I've done that and more than that, actually, from my passive income at this point, they're really for me, I love my clients and I do love insurance, not near as much as this, but I was ready for a change. And yeah, it it did take some time to wrap my mind around it because I've been in it for 16 years and a lot of my clients are, are like family, but I I'm happy that I made the decision and I love this industry. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I, I, it's great. Now you're able to take that time that you've gained from creating this passive income for yourself and be able to spend it with and spend it with who and where you want to spend it with. And for you, it's your seven-year-old son. Um, and like you mentioned, you know, like time is like the most biggest asset that we have and we only have so much of it. And so to be able to gain that time freedom and to spend it with him and see him grow up, it's totally invaluable. Yeah, I agree a (laughs) hundred percent. So Stephanie, from here on, you know, what will be next for you and what will you be focusing on? At this point, I've been around and I have a lot of um, networking and a lot of groups that I'm a part of. And now what I love about it Not that I've been around for 20 years in this industry, but it doesn't take long for you to develop a word of mouth where people like what you do, that you deliver on your promises. So I get approached, you know, by, oh, I don't know, 20 or 30 deals a year to raise for. And I usually, I select, like I said, one or two of those to raise for. uh, The very best to present to my group of investors and 
that's honestly how I see myself going forward is just, you know, continuing to raise money and um, talk on podcasts like this and try to get more people uh, to know about this type of investing and that it really can be life changing. Yeah. And so for people who are just kind of getting started and they want to, you know, start creating and developing this passive income so they can ultimately gain that time freedom and choose where they want to spend their time and without having to worry about, you know, a stabilized income, but they have residual passive income coming in for them. What are some advices that you can give to them that for them to get started in this space? I would say, you know, just to definitely do a lot of research. I actually am um, doing a series of videos on my website that are the most commonly asked questions because I keep getting them over and over again. So I was like, I might as well just go ahead and video the question and the answer because it is valuable information and it's information that everybody should know when they start getting into this space. And that's on my website. But also, uh, I have another report on there, which really goes through the five reasons that passive investing might be for you. But I would say just, I've talked to a lot of people that are just getting into this as like their first investment outside of, say, their 401k. And I say, just give it a shot. Some of these syndications you can get into for 50,000 and try it and see how it goes. And I'd say 99% of people that invest with us do it again, which I think would be the case. So um, just to have an open mind to do your research, just like you hopefully would if you gave over your money to a financial planner, you'd probably do a background check and check um, the Better Business Bureau to be sure, you know, that they're not... uh, a bad business owner. And those are the main things to really check out um, when you're looking at syndications. Thank you for sharing that. And so Stephanie, how has real estate investing impacted your life so far? Wow. (laughs) I think it's impacted me because it's just given me a life that I really didn't think was possible. I mean, like, I guess I always thought my single family home I was going to be one of those people that just waited the 30 years for those mortgages to get paid off and then just have that rental income as a retirement supplement. But learning about syndications and, um, you know, really researching how the wealthy invest their money and then following them and, and doing the same things has provided me to retire at 50. So, I mean, that to me, there's really no, that's, the biggest impact on me is the second half of my life gets to be pretty, pretty awesome. And I get to give back, you know, um, because I like to, since I do like to raise money, I, I also like to raise money for charities that I'm involved with too, because most charities have problems raising money. So that's a skill that I can give back to in that way as well. Yeah, I think one thing that you really mentioned in that was success leaves clues. And so you don't have to recreate the wheel and figure everything out on your own. Follow the couple people that you think and that you look up to and want to model yourself after and just follow what they're doing and just really take a look and see what are the types of things that they're doing and then how can you start to implement that in your life? And then over time, you know, 
these things start to compound and you'll be able to kind of get to where you are, um, you know, just one step at a time. Mm, That's a great, that's a great point. I agree. And Stephanie, what is one thing that sets the successful people apart in the real estate investing business? The belief that they can do it. I think that my first deal, I had to go to 30 different banks to find one that would uh, finance the first deal that I did, but I just kept my head down and kept going. It's not an easy profession to be in. It's very rewarding financially, but it's not easy. So I think that the sooner that you can understand that this is a team sport, um, you know, find people that maybe you can complement by what you're good at. But I, something I might've not brought up is I was incredibly lucky to have the best mentors in this business. I was able to find people that were several steps ahead of me and have them mentor me. I'm a big advocate of that as well as just continually surrounding yourself with people that are doing better than you and that you can learn from because even at like, as I'll be approaching 50 this year, I love that I get to learn. And this business is constantly offering ways in which you can be better and constantly learning. And what is one thing that you know now about real estate that you wish you knew when you first started? I wish I would have started doing this when I was 23. (laughs) (laughs) I wish I would have, yeah, skipped over the, yeah, no, not started this in my 40s. I wish I had started this in my 20s and then I'd have a private jet right now. (laughs) No. (laughs) No. And are there any tools or techniques that you've used to improve the efficiency of your business or your personal life? That's a great question. I think just time blocking is really important in this business. You can be pulled in so many different directions. And I think it's so important to put up like to do podcast interviews and also to just, you know, put content on your websites that can be useful for investors and that takes time. And so, yeah, to time block out your day is kind of sounds sort of boring. I wish I had something more exciting, but that, (laughs) that's what I would say. Yeah, I actually, I totally, I would totally resonate with the time blocking thing because in the past I was trying to do everything by tasks and doing task based. And so when I learned the concept of time blocking, I'm trying to implement it also in my life. And, and when I, what I've been finding is that when I'm putting these things in time blocks, you know, you're focused on this specific thing. And instead of task based, you're focused on like the project. And for me, it, it feels like it makes it a little bit more efficient also and a little bit more efficient way of looking at things. So yeah, I think time blocking is a great tool. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> So thank you so much for coming on the show, Stephanie. Um, I really appreciate you coming on and sharing your story with us today. Oh, well, thank you. I love, you know, talking to other women in this in this industry. So I really appreciate, you know, you inviting me because that many women with podcasts. So I'm, I'm happy to, and thank you for having me on. Oh, thank you. And I would love also if you could share with our listeners, you know, if they want to find out more about you and get in contact and just learn more about who you are and what you do, where's the best place that they can, that they can go? Yeah, my website is the best place that is www.erbewealth, 
Com. Also on that same website is that series of videos uh, of question and answers that um, is at askstephanienow.com. Awesome. Thank you so much again, Stephanie. I really enjoyed our conversation. Me too. Thank you for the great questions. And thank you for listening to our podcast today, brought to you by Bonavest Capital. We would really appreciate it if you can go to iTunes right now and leave a rating and written review. Also, please don't forget to subscribe so you can always get the latest episodes. You can also connect with us on Facebook, How Did They Do It Real Estate. We'd love to hear your feedback and any topics that you're interested in for future episodes. Lastly, to learn more about us, you can go to bonifacecapital.com and fill out the contact us page so you can speak to us directly. Nothing on the show should be considered as specific personal advice. Please consult your legal, tax, and real estate professionals for individualized advice.